Get Sleepy is a production of Slumber Studios and is made possible thanks to the generous support of our sponsors and premium members. If you'd like to listen ad-free and access weekly bonus episodes, extra long stories, and our entire back catalogue, you can try out Premium free for seven days by following the link in the episode notes. Now, a quick word from our sponsors. Welcome to Get Sleepy, where we listen, we relax, and we get sleepy. My name's Thomas, and it's a pleasure to have your company once again. Tonight, we'll continue our stay at the Ryokan. This traditional Japanese inn has been expertly designed to bring peace and relaxation to all who stay there. Soon, we'll experience this for ourselves as we sample the delights of a multi-course dinner. This will be followed by a stroll around the garden and a restful night's sleep on a comfy futon. If you didn't hear part one yet, which came out on Monday, don't worry. You can still enjoy tonight's story as we've filled in any important details you might have missed. But you can also go back and listen to part one any time you like. It was all written by Joe, and I had the pleasure of reading it for you. Now we love being able to help you all get a good night's sleep, but we couldn't do it without the support of our wonderful Get Sleepy Premium subscribers. It would mean so much to have your support too. In return, we promise to bring you the very best restful listening experience. Get Sleepy Premium features over 650 full-length episodes. Everything is completely ad-free, so you can drift off without interruption. And there are loads of extra long episodes to keep you company throughout the night. And there's more. Every single Thursday, we release a brand new exclusive bonus episode. Tomorrow, Arif is back to read us a fascinating yet relaxing tale about a wondrous evening at a magic show. And then on Friday, Our premium subscribers will also be able to listen to parts one and two of our Stay at the Rear Can as one long-length episode. Don't forget, the first seven days of your premium subscription are free, and you can cancel any time. For more information on all of our plans, visit getsleepy.com slash support, or just follow the link in the show notes. Thank you so much for supporting what we do. Now, my friends, it's nearly time to continue our story. So let's take a few moments to settle and ease into the peace and comfort of the night. Move into a position that feels comfortable for you. Close your eyes as soon as you're ready and bring your attention towards your mind. Take a minute to notice your thoughts with the attitude of a curious observer Notice where the mind is busy or still, whether the thoughts jump or flow. Perhaps some thoughts connect to others or to feelings and sensations within the body. In between these thoughts, Begin to notice your breath. 
observe the rise and fall as you inhale and exhale. Feel the cool air as it enters through your nose and allow it to create space within your mind. The stillness between thoughts can grow and expand as your attention is absorbed by the cool and calming breath. Let the breath act as your very own safe space. It's always here whenever you need it. For now though, it can fade into the background. Imagine yourself standing in your room at the rear can as we continue our story. The floor that you stand on is traditional tatami. The thick matting is made from pressed rice straw, sometimes mixed with foam or wood chip. On the uppermost layer beneath your feet, the mats have been covered in a weave of rush plant. This is similar to the material of a straw sun hat. It's soft and delicate against your skin. The matting of your room has been split into squares and is patterned in shades of cream and beige. The walls are beige too, but they glisten golden, illuminated by the glow of paper wall lights. More light enters through the shoji door, which separates the different parts of the room. The latticed door frames have been slid part open. Beyond them is a veranda lined with large windows that reveal the night sky. The room is uncluttered and sparsely decorated, much in keeping with the rest of the rear can. Items are stored within built-in cabinets made from light pine wood, which blend into the walls. The decor reflects the Japanese concept of kanso the art of minimalism. Neutral tones and rooms free of clutter are thought to encourage peace of mind. This is something that you read about prior to your visit, but didn't truly understand until you arrived at the inn. Standing here, you feel calm and present. Your mind reflects the simplicity and beauty of the room. What few thoughts you have are either useful or beautiful, like the hand-picked items placed out on display. One of these is the low dining table at the center of the room. It's both attractive 
and functional. The mahogany wood is dark and aromatic, with a fine grain that's straight and uniform. It glows softly beneath an overhead light shade of amber-colored paper. Four matching chairs surround the table, positioned between thick mahogany table legs. The seats rest an inch above the floor, topped with scarlet cushions. They are the color of maple leaves turned red in the autumn a striking accent against the muted decor. Now, you sit down on a similar red cushion on the bamboo seating of the inner veranda. You've mostly been sitting here and relaxing since returning from your bath, looking out at the view through wall-sized windows. It's the kind of scene you might glimpse on a postcard. The Japanese landscape in the heart of wintertime. And it's a view that has only grown more enchanting as the day has progressed from afternoon to evening. The light of the moon casts a veil of silver onto everything below. The rear can is in the base of a valley, beside snow-covered forests on the lower slopes of hills. Patches of evergreens are visible beneath the white. They shine like emeralds where they catch the moonlight. Soaring mountains can be seen in the distance, their rock faces coated in frost and ice. Then they fade from sight beneath fluffy clouds, which float through a navy sky peppered with snowflakes. Views such as these are one of the many selling points that lead people to stay in a traditional rear cam. The inns also boast geothermal baths, multi-course meals, and wonderful hospitality. They're establishments designed to elicit relaxation, peace, and comfort. In fact, your own stay has been so very relaxing that you'd almost forgotten about the chilly outdoors. The past few hours were spent in the onsen the Japanese name for hot springs. You floated in a tub of healing, warm water, blissfully relaxed beneath a cloud of hot steam. Even now, your skin is soft and warm. It feels wonderful against the fabric of your indigo yukata. This traditional cotton robe will be worn throughout your stay. It's similar to a bathrobe, lightweight and comfortable, and it's embroidered with white birds that fly about the fabric. There's something quite lovely about being dressed in the yukata. You can't imagine wearing it and feeling anything but relaxed. 
you're looking forward to wearing it to dinner and dining in comfort. Dinner can be eaten right here in the bedroom or at one of the tables in the rear can's lobby. Alternatively, you can book one of the private dining rooms, which is what you've chosen as your setting for tonight. Just as you're wondering what might be on the menu, Hina arrives to take you to dinner. It's common practice in these traditional inns to assign a staff member to individual guests. Hina is yours, your go-to person, and you couldn't have hoped for a lovelier one. She asks if you enjoyed your bath and the sight of the winter landscape from the tub's warm water. Of course you did, you tell her. It was utterly divine. Hina beams, delighted at your cheerful response. Then you exit your room and follow her as she leads you down the stairs to the ground floor hallway. It's a space that you've walked through a few times already, yet only now do you notice the photographs. They are positioned across the wall in matching wooden frames an equal distance apart. Hina sees you looking at the photographs and pauses beside you. You note the faces of the people that you recognize, staff members that you've spoken to and those you've seen in passing. Then you smile, catching sight of Hina in one of the photos. She tells you that here, she's twenty years younger, though to you, she appears remarkably unchanged. Even her clothing is as it is now, a magnolia kimono with a thick belt embroidered with cherry blossoms. She gestures towards another picture and asks if you recognize anyone. Immediately, you spot her husband, Ren. He was the first person to greet you from behind the reception desk. Unlike his wife, he looks a great deal different in the picture, as he is much younger, in his late teens perhaps. He grins from behind the counter in his smart tailored suit. Though it's a touch on the large side, he seems delighted to be wearing it. Beside the young Wren, there are two other men, and Hina tells you that these are his brothers. They share similar features and wide smiles, and they look so comfortable in one another's company. It's moments such as this that remind you of why you booked a family run in. It has all the luxuries of an upscale establishment, but it feels cozy, unpretentious, and welcoming. Hina tells you 
that the inn has been in business for the best part of a century. Six generations of her husband's family have perfected the art of running a rear can. She herself was a newcomer to the business when she married Wren all those years ago. But quickly, she realized that she was very well suited to the work, as well as the surroundings of this wonderful inn. With that, she leads you onwards, through the hallway, and past the main lobby, until you arrive at a corridor of sliding wooden doors. Hina invites you into your private dining room. It's a cozy room, meant to accommodate two people at most. A low, dark table sits in the middle of the room, beside a plush, amber floor cushion for you to rest on. The floor of the room is entirely tatami. You feel it beneath your feet as you walk towards the cushion. You've quickly become fond of the texture of these mats and the way they absorb the sound of your footsteps. The walls around you are free of decoration though a feature window is itself a work of art. Circular in shape, it takes up much of the wall. Through it, you can see the gorgeous winter garden. After gazing through the glass at a familiar evergreen, you sit down on the velvety cushion. At the table, you cross your legs lazily as Hina asks you what you'd like to drink. She takes your order and returns minutes later, carrying a tray containing course number one. She tells you that the meal contains nine courses in total, so you can take your time and enjoy every moment. You've heard stories of traditional kaiseki, the multi-course meals served at Ryokan. They're sometimes considered the equivalent of haute cuisine and are composed of dishes that are small, intricate, and apparently delicious. A slate-colored mat decorates the table before you, alongside a coaster in matching design. Your drink is set down in a tall, clear glass. It's sparkling water, flavored with yuzu fruit. The first course includes many different items, carefully arranged within a box-like tray. The box's wooden frame has been painted dark green, and leaves of gold are etched along its sides. You came to dinner with high expectations, but these are surpassed almost immediately. You've never seen food this exquisite. At the center of the box is a delicate porcelain dish. A square of fried tofu sits within 
floating in golden dashi stark. The tofu is covered with spring onion alongside a sprinkling of fresh aromatic ginger. You also note a grating of white daikon radish. It's the color of the snow that's visible through the window. Four more items have been arranged around the bowl in this literal treasure trove of edible delights. There's a small parcel of rolled salmon with seasoned white rice visible at its center. It's been placed directly on the wooden base of the box near a single dumpling of golden sweet potato. You also recognize a Naruto Maki fish cake made from a white fish paste that's molded and steamed. Circular in shape, its edges are curved, giving it the appearance of a small white cloud. A swirl of pink is visible at the center, which Hina tells you is meant to resemble a whirlpool. The fish cakes are named after the Naruto Strait, a channel of water known for its swirling tidal whirlpools. The fifth item is presented on a saucer, the softest shade of pastel blue. On top is a mound of black soybeans glazed with a sugar-like syrup. The pile has been topped with sparkling edible gold. What strikes you about this meal is that it's elaborate, yet simple. The eyes are drawn to the details of the food, the colors, scents, shapes, and textures. Items appear to have been meticulously arranged to create the impression of balance and beauty. Even the crockery seems to have been chosen specifically to enhance the aesthetic of individual pieces. Hina is pleased by your awestruck reaction. Her brother-in-law is the chef, and he is wonderful at what he does. This course is only an appetizer, a mere sample of what's to come. She leaves you now to dine in solitude, sliding close to the door of your private room. You pick up a spoon of decorative porcelain and gather some tofu in its sauce. Before you eat, you utter the expression, Ita dekimas. This translates as, I humbly receive this food. It's an expression of gratitude for the meal itself and for the person who prepared it. Now, you taste the spoonful of food, savoring the flavors and textures. Inside, the tofu is soft and cloud-like, but it's crunchy and crispy on the outside. The stock it rests in is rich and umami, while the vegetables are deliciously tangy. 
The other dishes are eaten with chopsticks, the salmon, then the soybeans, the fish cake, and sweet potato. The chopsticks force you to eat slowly and carefully. You examine ingredients with childlike curiosity, noticing the aromas before you sample the delicate flavors. In between bites, you sip on your drink, sparkling water flavored with yuzu. This citrus fruit is a refreshing palate cleanser. It tastes like a mixture of lime, lemon, and grapefruit. Moments later, Hina slides open the dining room door. She clears away items as you gush about the appetizer, her face fixed in a knowing smile. What comes next will be even better. The winter menu is really something. Hina re-enters soon after, carrying an enormous tray. She places the tray on the floor and kneels down beside it to begin serving. One by one, your table is decorated with the next six courses. It's a glorious sight. As is typical in traditional kaiseki, meals showcase a variety of cooking methods. Ingredients are fresh and of the finest quality. You're thankful that Tina introduces them individually as she arranges them before you on the table. The first dish is a bowl of black ceramic, its contents concealed below a matching lid. Lifting the lid, you're immersed in the scent. Ina tells you that it's lily bulb soup. The smell is sweet, reminiscent of chestnuts and the soup is so thin that it's almost transparent. Replacing the lid, you examine another dish, a bamboo platter of raw fish known as sashimi. Japanese amberjack has been delicately sliced and arranged in a row of thin, pink strips. Next is a bowl of simmered vegetables, taro, mushroom, seaweed, and carrot. The earthy colors of this tantalizing mix are beautifully displayed within the clay pottery. What comes after resembles a stack of pancakes, but Tina explains that it's deep-fried lotus root. Slices of the vegetable have been fried in tempura batter until they are a tantalizing shade of crispy golden brown. Each slice is beautifully patterned with small, round gaps that run through the vegetable. The markings remind you of paper snowflake decorations. The following dish is served in a bowl, scalloped around the edge like a shell from the ocean. 
Within is a fresh, cold salad, snow crab and cucumber, dressed in sweet vinegar. You're intrigued most of all by the sixth and final dish, as Hina lights the flame of a tabletop gas boiler. Light flickers below a cast iron bowl, which is filled with stock being brought to the boil. Hina brings out a plate of assorted vegetables, which you can add to the pan once the stock is boiling. There's also a plate of thin beef strips to cook at the table by stirring it through the stock. Ina tells you that the dish is called shabu shabu, which basically means swish swish. It's named after the sound of the ingredients swishing through the stock as they are stirred. The last thing set down is a dish of soy sauce, a complimentary dip for various ingredients. Then Hina bids you farewell and leaves you to enjoy your banquet. Bite by bite, you taste each dish from the fragrant soup and steamed vegetables to the vinegary tang of the snow crab salad. The lotus root is sweet like chestnuts and salty where seaweed has been sprinkled on top, while the raw sashimi melts in the mouth, leaving an aftertaste that is fresh and mellow. Your favorite dish is the shabu shabu, as much for the cooking method as the way it tastes. Once you've added vegetables to the bubbling stock, you take a sliver of beef between your chopsticks. You swish this through the liquid from side to side until the meat changes color, signaling that it's cooked. Finally, it's dipped in the bowl of soy sauce. This brings out the flavors of the succulent beef. What's surprising, after so many dishes, is that you feel satiated and not overfull. The food seems light and the flavors well balanced, and your bites are dainty as you eat slowly and mindfully. It feels like an experience as much as a meal especially within the stillness of this tranquil dining room. The room is so quiet that you can hear the snowfall outside and the flickering flame of the tabletop boiler. The penultimate course consists of three dishes displaying the shades of the wintry garden. There's a bowl of miso soup and another of rice, as well as a decorative plate of pickled vegetables. Slices of leek have been mixed with white rice, while the pickled cucumber is the color of a pine tree pieces of tofu float on the surface of the soup. They are the color of snow 
and shaped like ice cubes. The bowls and plates are part of a set. They are white ceramic with a hand-painted border. Red maple leaves dance around the white as if blown across the snow. You find yourself thinking about the garden outside in between mouthfuls of rice and soup. Perhaps it might be nice to take a brief wander, to smell and see winter, having tasted it here. First, though, comes dessert, the last course this evening. It's served in a glass bowl that's been etched with snowflakes. Inside, the pudding looks like Italian panna cotta, but upon tasting a spoonful, you realize that it's mousse. It's the color and flavor of a mandarin orange, light, tangy, and beautifully refreshing. The texture is soft and deliciously bubbly. It feels like velvet as it melts on the tongue. Slices of mandarin have been placed on top, their shape reminiscent of a crescent moon. You save these slices until you've finished your mousse. So the last thing that you taste is sweet, tangy orange. When the glass bowl is empty, you finish your drink, and Hina returns to find you satisfied. Her face lights up as you talk about the meal. It's a memory that you'll treasure for a long time to come. You tell her that you're pondering a stroll in the garden, and she smiles knowingly, as if she knew that you would. There's something about the winter-themed menu, she says. It makes one long for a stroll through the snow. She leaves, then returns a minute later. She brings clothing folded into a rectangle. It's a black cotton jacket to wear over the top of your yukata. It will keep you warm as you walk through the garden. You carefully pull on the thick jacket, thanking Hina once more as you exit the room. It adds a layer of comfort as you walk to the lobby toward the shoji doors that lead out to the garden. Pairs of leather slippers are lined up beside the door, each pointing towards the outside. You slide on a pair and open the door. Then you step outside into the garden. It hasn't stopped snowing since you arrived. On the ground, there's a blanket of thick, white snow. It twinkles and glistens in the silvery moonlight, and where it catches the glow of outdoor lighting. The path has been swept clear, 
and it stands out against the white that surrounds it. The stone twists and turns like a fallen silver ribbon, providing a route through the scenic garden. You begin walking along the path. Your steps are slow to match your breathing. The air outside is brisk and refreshing, and you're thankful for the warmth of your jacket. Japanese gardens are famous around the globe for their calming aesthetic, which provokes both thought and clarity. They're spaces that celebrate the landscape and the seasons, where one might meditate on the beauty of nature. Even in the darkness and masked by the snow, the Riakan garden looks expertly designed. Just like inside the inn, every detail has been thought of, from the placement of trees to rocks and gravel. It's clear to see that the garden is cared for, despite its impression of effortless beauty. Trees, plants, and bushes look pruned and manicured, and the few stone ornaments have been brushed clear of snow. Some of the tree trunks have been wrapped in burlap. These protective covers shield them from the winter. And in places, the ground has been sprinkled with pine needles in an effort to preserve the moss. Lamps illuminate the pathway alongside the trees and their snow-covered branches. They light up the darkness above and around you, and highlight the snowflakes that waltz through the air. Another kind of light is visible in the distance, a dim, golden light glowing near the ground. Soon, you see that it's the glow of a candle flickering from the base of an ornamental pagoda. Two of these statues have been placed between steps which lead up to a little bridge. Rows of icicles hang down from the railings, shining like diamonds where they catch the moonlight. The bridge itself looks out over a stream. The surface is glassy, frozen into stillness. The steps and the bridge have been recently swept. You can see the patterns of the brushstrokes in the frost. Soon, your footsteps are imprinted on top as you make your way to the center of the bridge. There, you pause to look out on the landscape basking in the scents of fresh winter air. You note the smell of pine from nearby evergreens and the floral bouquet of winter cherry blossom. The pink petals are visible beneath you as they're reflected 
in the surface of the frozen stream below. Mountains in the distance seem watchful and protective. They're a buffer between you and the world outside the valley. There's a sense of seclusion and blissful solitude, a calmness of mind that permeates your being. For a little while longer, you meditate on your surroundings. You take them in with all of your senses. Eventually, you're ready to head back indoors. You return the way you came, following your own footsteps. When you step inside and take off your shoes, you're struck by the comfort of the Riakan's lobby. The interior glows golden with soft yellow lighting. Waves of warmth seem to vibrate through the air. Hina is talking to Ren at reception. Their demeanors are relaxed, cheerful, and contented. She pauses, smiling, when she sees you in the lobby, and walks over to greet you for the last time today. Tomorrow, she says, she'll bring breakfast to your room, and perhaps she'll book you into another onsen bath. For now, though, she wishes you a restful night's sleep in the futon bed that she's made up in your room. You thank her and leave the lobby. Then, somewhat sleepily, you wander through the hallway. Your legs feel heavier with each step up the stairway. Your shoulders seem to dip, and your breaths become deeper. Soon, you're barefoot on the familiar tatami, though the room around you is slightly altered. Where before there was space, there is now a futon, a traditional bed laid out on the floor. The layers of the bedding are visible at the sides, including the mattress at the bottom. It's far thinner than a western mattress and pliable enough that it can be folded and stored. The futon consists of a few layers. The soft mattress on the floor is jade in color and swirled with gold. Above is a white mattress where a cotton sheet has been fitted and on top of this goes a duvet and pillows dressed in snow-white linen. You pull back the bedding and climb beneath the covers. The duvet crinkles as you pull it around you. It's strange and wonderful to be so low to the ground, and to feel yourself sink into the soft cotton bedding. 
The linen smells floral, like lilies and jasmine. It's as fresh and crisp as the air in the garden. What a beautiful day you've had at the rear can. What memories you'll have to treasure forever. For now, though, it's time to close your eyes and note the sensations of comfort in your body. You can take in the essence of a Japanese winter as your breathing slows and begins to deepen. Feel yourself awash in peace and relaxation. Feel yourself full into a deep and restful slumber. <laughs> 